follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I am Shad here with Matt and Brad, and we want to say thank you for taking the opportunity to download and listen and join us. Gentlemen, how are you holding up? Doing good. Doing good, Shad. Yep. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's time to rock. Yes. I was just going to sit back and listen for a while. (laughs) <laughs> all right <clears throat> brad i guess you're doing pretty well then right yes to oh. the fire <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe the best theme song of any wrestling promotion today i do like <laughs> i do like the mlw thing that they do okay but just because it's different like it gives it a it gives it a very like distinct personality comparatively to all the rock options out there. That's true. That's a good point. <clears throat> I used to like though when um when NXT did like the Cowheat and Cambria thing. Mm-hmm. Cowheat and Cambria? Yeah. Yeah. I always okay. said that wrong. <laughs> yeah. All right. We want to get some shout outs out of the way. First of all, are you scrambling for that Christmas gift for the wrestling fan in your life? Don't go to WWE shop. Go to collarandelbowbrand.com. Get your collar and elbow gear there. Use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's the number four, capital C and corner, capital P and podcast with no spaces. Save 10% off. We all have their shirts. We all like their shirts. That's part of the reason that we talk about them every week. Collar and elbow, the wrestling brand. Also, we have another shout out. Isn't that right, Matt? Yep, that would be to Epico Cologne. Um, I'm actually hoping that Epico makes his way to the NWA because mm-hmm. I think that he and Primo could really do some amazing things there. I think they'd be they'd fit in really well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then uh, the last thing, <clears throat> we are going to be doing our end of the year giveaway. It's going to have a couple shirts. It's going to have a couple DVDs. It's going to have at least one autograph picture in it. Um, if you will comment on any of our shows on our social media platforms, anytime we post a show, post on our social media of what your favorite show of the year was, I will put you in the drawing. As of this recording, the list is empty, so your chances are really good. Um, and I will try and send that out. Um, at the beginning of 2020. All right. All of that stuff out of the way. Matt, you mentioned the NWA. We've talked about power recently, but now we have something different. What would that be, Brad? 
Um, this past weekend was the first, well, this is the second NWA pay-per-view because there was the Crockett Cup earlier this year, so this would be their, I guess they're the first since in the power era, NWA into the fire. NWA into the fire. So, this was, um, well, we're going to break the whole show down <coughs> and um, talk about Go match by match, talk about what we like, talk about maybe if we didn't exactly enjoy something, and see what we come up with. The um, first match on the card, uh, I thought was a good choice for an opener. It was Eli Drake versus Ken Anderson. Can I, um, can I add something just at the beginning? Yeah. Um, I was a little surprised that they just continued to do, they had this show in the NWA studio. Mm-hmm. But um, and I know Brad had commented about this uh, when we we're offline. We we're kind of talking about the show, but they actually made it seem different. If that makes any sense, than like their regular shows, yep. they made it seem a little more special. Mm-hmm. Well, I like that they did actual entrances and with music, and I liked how they kind of did the Lucha Underground thing, where they come out behind the crowd and like walk down mm-hmm. to the ring. Yeah. And they well, shot you don't it. have to build an entryway that way. Yeah, but they did yeah. a good job of making this feel bigger. I agree with that. I absolutely agree and with that. And we have to talk about the the new Jim Cornette replacement of Stu Bennett. Stu yeah. Bennett. Who I actually thought did a really good job on commentary. I his, agree with you. His voice kind of attacks you at first, though, because, man, he's got a man's man's voice. <laughs> yeah. Very deep, very deep and British. (laughs) I'm Stu Bennett. I have to smoke three packs of cigarettes a day to get this manly voice. (laughs) I only smoke Paul Moore's unfiltered cigarettes for this type of voice. If I'm in a pinch, I buy waves. It, It was a very... You got used to it real quick, but... It was it was very much a change. Yeah, it was. He also um he also did there wasn't really like a a heel face dynamic per se. No, he's there very just matter of fact about what was going yeah. on. He did have heel stuff going on. A little bit, yeah. I, I think that was more kind of like uh like in the Aldous Storm match. I think I caught a little bit of it for mm-hmm. sure. But overall he was like very matter of fact, which I actually think in today's day and age, like I actually appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I I missed my chance. I wanted to make a late '80s Lucille Ball joke about his commentary <laughs> style. Oh, Ricky, Ricky, Ricky! <laughs> After she's years of smoking cigarettes. Yes. The uh, other thing I got a big kick out of him doing on commentary is they're sitting there and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna be coming up on this next match." He goes. Well, as you know, I'm like I'm someone who likes to give give out good news, and you heard this. There was just this half second pause where you knew he was trying not to laugh when he did that, but it was it was I thought it was just a funny little nod, and it didn't disrupt anything. Um, so that was <coughs> I liked that too. Now I thought about this first match. Uh, Eli Drake really came across like a star. Mm-hmm. I am not a, really a fan of Ken Anderson. I am I not have, either. Kind of have never been. Nope. But 
I like this match. I thought it was very like evenly matched. It was well paced. Um, I did like Eli Drake. I, I, I obviously the the sh- I guess promotion that I've seen him in the most or get the most exposure to him was uh, was TNA Impact. Uh, and I like I do I did like him in this. Like I think. I think they do. They could build him, and they are building him. I guess to be one of their main stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a good choice, and they could actually do. They could do a lot with him. Yeah, I agree with he, that. This he did. for someone that I don't really care about Anderson. Like they really used him well in this match. They did, and Anderson. I, I've always kind of been just kind of take it or leave it. I, I've never really felt any particular way about him. <laughs> but this was a good match for the two of them. Um, I really, I enjoyed this. This was a, a good opener. Um, the only thing that, that bugged me a little bit was, uh, the fact that I was at a, uh, kind of at a loss on, I, like they mentioned at one point, but I didn't know what kind of finisher Eli Drake would be building towards. Which I I guess he uses Michael Modest's old finish. What was the, uh, what's that thing called? Uh, the Kryptonite Crunch. So I guess that was that was Nova's, I suppose. But my I know Michael Modest used to use it. It's hard. <clears throat> to, it's hard to say because um, he really hasn't wrestled much for NWA. Mm-hmm. I think he's only had like this might be his third match. Yeah, <clears throat> but um, and then I know that um, oh, I, I used to know what Anderson's was, but <clears throat> the um, we had uh, you know we had this good back and forth match. I really liked the finish on it. I one thing I want to say about this show is I am so happy that they fixed the way they shot the matches. Mm-hmm. for this because I think Matt and I had the same bitch that they were shooting it too low and it felt like you were like the ropes were in the way all the time they were shooting it way too low and it, everything seemed very close up yeah. it, it 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 you could watch the shows but it it, it kind of took you out of it a little bit it felt like it felt like you were watching like those um those YouTube videos that are trying to avoid a copyright strike so like yeah. they have like <laughs> They have it, it zoomed in and like, you know, off speed and stuff like stuff like that's what it felt like. You have the picture in picture going. Yeah. 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 I I actually wrote that down in my notes. The, the I thought the camera work on this was actually really pretty good. And just I don't know who they had actually producing it, but just even kind of cutting like the, the cut shots where, you, you know, you would. If we get a different angle of a move or something like that, I thought were actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. It felt like yeah. they went through like the first set of stuff they did with the fine tooth comb and said, and went to those camera guys and said, "Okay, this, this, and this. Don't do that. Yeah. You need to do this, this, and this." And they like actually listened. Yeah, yeah. I, I also want to say like I've only seen like the first five or six episodes of Power, so uh, this I think episode nine had run through before this pay per view. Yeah. So I was I was a little behind uh, on some of the storylines and how the, these the matches basically of the show got set up, but yeah, it, um, it, it, it didn't really episodes. affect me. I was two-ish episodes behind, but I didn't feel like it affected me either. 
No, you can kind of jump right into this. And again, you might you might lose a little bit in terms of like the storylines, but I felt the matches were pretty cohesive itself. So I'm definitely going to catch up and, and watch all the, yeah. the episodes I haven't seen thus far. Because I feel like one of the things that I took away from this show, and we can get into it more later, is that the NWA is really good at pushing their universe forward in like a very cohesive way. Like where <laughs> I kind we kind of talked about that with AEW is um, I think we talked about this off air. Sometimes it feels like the storylines in AEW aren't going anywhere, whereas the NWA always feels like this this train that's from point A to point B. Like they're always like moving their characters forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would. I was going to say this like at the by the, the end of the show, but I think that I could just say it now. Like I think that's right. Like what I've basically discovered from watching NWA Power in this pay per view, they are that's something they do actually exceptionally well. They they're making their storylines very cohesive. Mm-hmm. So it's it's they're all fairly simplistic. But they work, and they are kind of sticking with it. And maybe that's the advantage that they they have a more limited roster of yeah. people. It's not a bad thing, per se. Uh, but they are they're really maximizing the roster. That's the second thing I think that they do exceptionally well is that they are really being judicious and smart about how they're actually utilizing the talent that they have. Because mm-hmm. everyone seems everyone that they're having, unless it's unless it's like a guy who's just a jobber. Yeah. Um, they seem like they have a purpose, and I think that that's something that, obviously, like the WWE, it, that's they have like two hundred people yeah. on the roster, like, and, and half of them, five of them matter any given time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I I was thinking about this the other day because uh, thinking about kind of like <clears throat> the year end, the kind of year end review. Um, and my wife went to like a few shows with me. She's not, I, I've mentioned before, she's not really a big wrestling fan. Um, and one of the people that she does like because he's very flashy and aerobatic and entertaining was Ricochet. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, when's the last time I saw a Ricochet match that actually, well, one, when's the last time I saw it? Like not, he hasn't really, he's kind of disappeared. And then secondly, like when was the last time I saw a Ricochet match that kind of like mattered? And I don't know. He started off the year like a big hot prospect and now it's like who's where's ricochet i think Same. that's one of those people that Heyman was pushing on yeah but uh vince pooled i yeah. think he's um i think he's i think right at this time and you can probably guess at any time and probably be right he's probably wrestling cesaro in some sort of match yeah probably um Anyway, I, I should have written down the promos, though, because NWA likes to have a lot of talking and um, sometimes it's hard to remember who talked where. That's also true. I didn't even I didn't mark down the promos in my stuff. I think Aldous comes out after this and like cuts. Uh, cuts like a, a similar promo to what he's done before. OK, so then we get. The next up, we get... Um, well, hang on. Before we move on, I, I wanted to make a point. I really liked the finish on this match. Um, <clears throat> the uh, Anderson's going for like a sunset flip bomb. Uh, and I think that's right. Yeah, I think that Anderson's going for a sunset flip bomb. And Drake manages to just drop down into a... Uh, basically just straight into a pin. Drops his shoulders right down on Anderson's shoulders and pins him 
tucks the legs and pins him right there. <clears throat> I really liked that because it looked like a very natural progression for someone trying to just win a match, right? It wasn't a <clears throat> it wasn't this overly complicated. Oh, we got to get into this pinning predicament, that sort of stuff. It was just a very much like, oh, got an opportunity. Here goes, and there's the pin. You know, it it fit very nicely, and I really enjoyed that. Okay, I'm sorry. I just want to get that out there. Okay, so up next we have um, Tasha Steels versus Thunder Rosa. Yes, we do. And uh, they gave Tasha a quick little promo beforehand, which I thought was interesting considering she's new. Mm-hmm. And then coming out to a gigantic pop is Thunder Rosa. Yeah. Especially since she's supposed to be a heel, right? Well, I, I found it interesting that two heels got the biggest the biggest pops on this show. Yeah. Thunder Rosa? Yeah. Yeah, she's someone who I think could be a really, really big star for them. I can't believe she, WWE hasn't signed her. She has, like, such presence, and she just comes off already as, like, a star. Well, she, yeah. she like, she comes across like a complete, like, psychopath. Yeah, and she, I think, just recently, or that, in sometime in 2019, I think, did an MMA match. So. Yeah, they did, a, they did, like, a video on that on one of the shows. <clears throat> yeah, they so did, she, yeah. she has, like, presence as, like, a... <laughs> kind of like a legit badass. She comes off that way. Um, she was in Lucha Underground, right? She, yeah, but that's where she, she had a she had a mask on. So I think she was was she was she Cobra Moon? Might or might think of someone else. It might have been her. I don't remember. Let's see. Yeah, Cobra Moon. Okay. I was trying to see if she won her mixed martial arts match. No, she did not. Mm. She did that on um, November 8th, but she lost by decision, so... Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that that could mean a whole bunch of things, so... (coughs) That could be, like, they could be wide open on what that was, then. Yeah, I mean, you you can lose an MMA and not look like a chump, so... Yeah. Yep. Um... I liked this. I I wasn't hugely invested in it, but it was it was it was fine. Um, what I liked about this is they they gave Tasha enough that to make her intriguing and be like, oh, I hope they bring her back. She's actually not mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, it, she again. They're kind of experimenting with their women's division, um, and unfortunately for them. Like WWE has, you know, talent hoarded a lot of the best women out there. Yeah. yeah. To the extent that uh, WWE hasn't signed like re- the really good women workers, they're kind of all I would. The rest of them, the really good ones, I feel are with Impact because you have like Jordan, <clears throat> um, Grace, you have Tessa, <clears throat> even like Taya Valkyrie. I love mm-hmm. Taya Valkyrie. Yeah, so she's good. Uh, so there, there's Ty. Ty Valkyrie is one of the mm-hmm. most underrated heel acts out there. Yeah, so they're they have like a limited kind of pool to, to pull from, and even AEW has good workers, but the AEW has kind of had to struggle signing people. Although they've they've hired some 
like some good people recently. Like, yeah, but, um, but they they took like the last couple of like good ones. Yeah. So again, NWA is kind of they're kind of like trying to find people. But again, Thunder Rosa, I think, could be a big star. I thought Tasha's deal was very interesting. Um, I would like to see more of her. To me, this was almost like a almost like a glorified squash since Rosa got so much offense. Yeah, um, it absolutely. But it was good. It was good, and I thought that the after the post match angle to set up the tag what what happened to the tag match later was really good. Yeah, yeah, I agree uh, with that. Yeah, I, I, and it makes perfect sense that you're not going to have somebody brand new go toe to toe with probably your top person in the division and that's okay like that that's not a problem um so you know it's you look at i looked at i'm like well uh, i know i know how this is gonna end but let's see how we get there um and you know i think the problem does a job i think the problem they have now though is thunder rosa is so far and above everything else they have like you're kind of just like well why does allison k have the women's title again because it should be on thunder rosa oh yeah yeah i think that was only like a what like a four or five minute match nothing on this was super long this is one thing i did love about this show is this show was only like two and a half hours which was really refreshing it was like exactly two and a half hours Yeah. yeah it it didn't. It didn't have enough time to start to drag. No, and they it, it moved like they kept. They kept like having, having like new segments and stuff. My wife actually watched this with me and enjoyed it quite a bit. Okay. So then, um, let's oh. see. Next was the question mark versus Trevor Murdoch. So also getting a gigantic pop. Oh yeah, yeah. the question mark. And I have to say, I about pissed myself when he did the national anthem, and he's just like <laughs> screaming. He's just like groaning into the microphone. So again, I haven't, um, I, I hadn't watched the episode of Power where he debuted, but I immediately love the gimmick. Love it. Like I'm on board with it now. When I first yeah. saw it, I, I was I was kind of like, eh. I had to explain now, the backstory to Shad. But now it's really, I'm I'm terrifically amused by it. Well, and, mm-hmm. and the Mongrovian flag is hilarious because mm-hmm. what it is. So it's three segments. On the first segment is an emu, and then a question yep. mark, and then an anteater. Yeah, or an artifark. <laughs> I you think know, who's who's the other announcer besides uh, Bennett. Um, let me look him up. It's something Gallo, I think. I think he he was like even like incredulous. He's like, is that an, Joe Galley? An oh, Joe Galley. He's like, is that an anteater on that flight? He was like so confused. <laughs> and remember, folks, yeah, question mark is not a he's not a master of karate. No, it's no. karate. It's Mongolian karate. <laughs> With, that's a very important distinction. I just want you all at home to know this. And just putting him with Aaron Stevens was brilliant. Oh, brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Because they It's were, inspired. Because they were showing some stuff with him earlier, and my wife was watching it, and she hadn't seen the match originally, and she's like, why does he have nude color trunks? Oh, on? God, yes. And I'm just like, that's the point. 
It's so you hate his guts for yes. having new color trunks. <clears throat> it was, <laughs> and he, he comes out with like a, a gi, gi yeah. with a belt on. He's like, no, 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 you don't understand. In just four weeks, I'm now a third Dan black belt. <laughs> the question mark is like an, a tenth Dan, but I'm a third Dan. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just hearing like the, I'm hearing, um, strip mall McDojo stuff talking in my head and I'm laughing. You know, uh, I, I know he's probably not doing anything, but they should, they should see if a Daniel son wants to do a, do a guest <laughs> spot with the NWA with them. Cause I don't think old Ralph Macchio is doing much to you. Are you kidding me? You, he's been doing a uh, Cobra Kai. Oh, well, which has better. actually been a, he's been, that's actually been a, a successful show. Yeah. It's been real big for uh, YouTube Red, mm-hmm. except now I think you can just you can access it. Um, it's like everything of it is is up for free now. I think. Yeah, they made it. Um, I think they made the show essentially like free. Funny which story, Mark, because it's actually a pretty good show. Quick side story, but um, Billy Zabka <coughs> and. Um, Whoever yeah, I can't remember the name of the guy that plays John Kreese. but he is going to be at Martin my Cove. okay. He's going to be at my local comic convention in mm-hmm. uh, March. Okay, in the the transit uh, agency I used to work at, whenever you got hired, you had to go through you know standard customer service training. This customer service training featured examples of customer service carried out in quote local hardware store. By none other than Billy Zabka as hardware store worker. And if they're still using that DVD, I want to get it autographed. And if they're not using it, I'm going to ask for it so I can take it to get it autographed. Just so I can see the reaction. What do you think uh, What do you think the royalties are like on something like that that the companies use for like 50 years? Probably not much. Oh, it's probably sucks. just like an upfront payment. And then, like, you sell a batch of them, and then it's pretty much done. This is a... We've gone into a weird, like, tangent, but I will say that a friend of the show and a frequent guest, Christy Petrillo, is a big fan of Cobra Kai. Yeah. And I, after watching the first season, I watched the first season with my wife, and I will say, like, I was essentially Karate Kid (laughs) (laughs) red-pilled after watching it. Because I think it the show really did start because some comedian did like a he did like a uh, an edited cut of Karate Kid, just like a, a, a five minute video or something like that, where he's like, no, uh, Johnny was actually the hero of the movie, and Daniel Son was the asshole, and he they lays out his entire argument. Yeah. And that's kind of like the premise of the show because the show is basically <laughs> told from Johnny's perspective, and that he's he starts off kind of like as a as like an anti-hero, yeah. but then as, over the course of like the first of uh, these two seasons that it, they've done, he he actually does have like a character arc, like a redemption arc, and becomes a better person, mm-hmm. and it's fascinating. And Danielson is kind of just like an asshole. He won't yeah. let you go, and it's like, oh my god! Like it's the video was right. Like Daniel's son is the bad guy, and Johnny's well, the good guy. They did that. Um, it also, yeah. 
this was also something from, and I don't know if one predates the other, but they also did that on How I Met Your Mother, uh, because Barney Stinson was an advocate of um, of uh, Johnny being the being the good guy, mm-hmm. and they they goof on it in his uh, in his bachelor party episode. They're like, No, 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 we got the guy from your favorite movie here. That guy you're a huge fan of, he goes, you got Billy Zabka here? And Ralph Macchio walks in. <laughs> like, that's pretty there's funny. A, there's a whole episode around it that's it's really worth watching. It's it's fun to watch. I, I have not watched How I Met Your Mother since I watched the finale. I was just like, nope, I'm done. I'm out. That, and, that, you know, screwed it up. That reminds yeah. me of an old Ron and Fez bit where Ron would get Fez hyped up about the special guest. And they'd make him guess, and it would just be an old producer of theirs. He'd be like, "Oh, hi, Dumpy." <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that's this is a side tangent. But I'm, I'm, I'm. Whenever I go back to work in the new year, uh, I'm, I'm seriously debating asking if they still have that DVD. Because, <clears throat> I mean, come on, show up with something nobody else has, just, just to see. Or it might piss him off. Who knows? I don't know. But yeah, I think it'd be worth doing. So, anyway, so the, his, back to wrestling. His <laughs> opponent for this match, a guy who I didn't even realize was still around, was Trevor Murdoch, who's actually been a real treat to watch um, in power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, question mark wins in a couple minutes due to shenanigans. Um, the crowd loves every minute of this. I believe they chant question mark quite a bit. They do. They totally do. And, and it is weird. <laughs> you know what's <laughs> because great? Because they hate Steven so much, but you, they love question mark. You know what's great about, and I don't, I, w- I would like to know who does the question mark thing, but it's such a great pulling of like just hokey bullshit and like using that perfectly for comedy. Mm hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, I wonder where the idea came from. He's supposed to be. I mean, it's Josephus is the is the masked guy, mm-hmm. so it fits with his character to be doing a bad masked man character, and it's kind of like they did that, but then they got Aaron Stevens involved, and then just cranked the stupidity up to ten, and that's where we're. <laughs> that's where well, we're at. But with the stupidity cranked up, it's gone from being like uh to amazing. You know, like you know how something like sometimes like something like is funny, and then you've beaten it too much, and then it's not mm. funny, but you keep beating on it, and then it becomes funny again because yeah, you you've just yeah, it circles back around to becoming a running gag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they kind of have that going for it. Like they just were like, "Well, it's not funny if we do this, so let's just get even more ridiculous with it and make it funny." Yeah, and Stevens is a big key in that. Is uh, he's a big key in why that works? Um, and he he wins. The question mark wins with the dreaded double Mongrovian spike. Mm-hmm. It's just like on one hand, from a pure like I don't understand how people can go. You know, you know, back in my day. We didn't do you know all this sort of stuff, but then the like, the Mongolian spike was a finish in your day. 
how about we all just sit down and enjoy our stuff instead of you know getting pissy about things? But this, but, see, the, but this is just like Dusty <clears throat> and Magnum is the James Gang, and yeah, and I mean this is silly. This yeah. is just goofy, and that's fine. I'm just I'm soapboxing a little bit, is all. No, I agree because it's it's just funny. Like it's taking it's taking like a lot of old bad comedy and like kind of twisting it around and making it funny again. Well, and then you have Murdoch walking around the ring trying to have a match in in the backdrop of all of this goofiness, which just makes it better. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, this was uh, it was it was it was just some dumb fun, and that's fine. <coughs> Let's see. Our next match on this card. Uh, there was there anything else you wanted to say, or are we ready to move on to the next one? I'm ready to move on. <coughs> the next match on the card was the Rock and Roll Express, the NW nine time now NWA Tag Team Champions. Versus wild card. And this right here is whenever I was working, I remember I would hear sometimes it'd be you, you, you'd hear for out of some, some younger guys like, oh, guys can't go anymore. They need to get out of the way. And, let it, and it's like, you want proof that they that that ring knowledge and skill <clears throat> is more important. You watch this match. I mean, let's be honest. Robert Gibson's pretty limited, but it's still within it's still within the gimmick that even in their almost seventies, Ricky Morton is carrying Robert Gibson to relevance <laughs> still. Yeah, a little bit. Because um, Robert Gibson doesn't move so well. Like I don't know what the fuck Ricky Morton's doing. I, he must just be doing a shitload of like DDP yoga. before he goes out there or something. It's all DDP yoga, man. Um, but yeah, no, he moves. He moves great, <clears throat> but the thing that made this match work was just the rock and roll being cagey. Like, they, they went to go do the, the corner spot where they were going to tag in, and both of them were going to beat on him. And in the time when they were going to do the switch, Morton steps through the ropes to the apron and creates distance. Like, just how... It's like, that, that's fantastic. That's great. I love that. Right, that's that's just knowledge and skill coming out. So, Shad, can it, can we can we do a hypothetical situation here? I'm listening. So let's say let's say you were doing this startup promotion company, and you get there for the second set of tapings, and you look at your name on the sheet, and you look that you're in a tag match, and you see Rock and Roll Express like on the other side. What is your reaction? Do you look at it again and you're like, wait, what the what the what the fuck is this? Like Do you want the the God's honest truth? Yes. Holy shit, I'm gonna work with the Rock and Roll Express. That's what I mean. Would you be like would you like look that look at it again and be like, wait, like, are are you sure like this is like legit? I would probably be like, This is who I think it is, right? And they're like, Yeah. Yeah, that's who you think it is. I'd be like, Awesome. Because it's these guys, you know, these guys are legends. So it'd be it'd be just fantastic. I'd be so hyped up for it. You know, Ricky Morton is still not like he's not terrible. 
<laughs> no, I, I'm, no, I'm prefacing this that he's like in his 60s and super limited, but like he uh, he's still fun to watch. And mm-hmm. especially like on the promos, like he can still talk really well. Mm-hmm. He absolutely can. <clears throat> if I was going to gripe about this match, because, you know, not only was I a wrestler, but I'm a wrestling fan, so got to find something to gripe about. The finish to me, see it. The sequence on the finish seemed kind of odd because it's like, why, why do you have Ricky Morton do a really good Canadian Destroyer and end with the double drop kick? Because that's their finisher. I know it's their finish, but this is like, to me, this is like weird. Okay, this this is like that eh, doesn't uh, fit. Um, can we can we end with the 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 Canadian destroyer spot instead? But I guess who am I to judge? Um, that that would have been the the thing I would have done. One detail. I think, one detail. I think you're. Oh, go ahead. I think you're right. Like, uh, sorry to cut you off. I think okay. you're right. Like it. The the kidding, they've they've kind of, or at least uh, Ricky Morton has kind of taken that up. Yeah, and it's very visually impressive, especially for a dude who's as old as he is. Uh huh. Um, but I'm kind of with Brad. It's like the the double drop kick is like their signature move. So I wasn't I wasn't really that bothered by it. That's like going to um, like the Canadian Destroyer thing is cool, but that's like going to see a band and then playing shit off the new album when you just want to hear the hit. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually with you, Shad. Like if I, if I was in a match, if I was like a young indie guy or a younger guy, and I'm working rock and roll, like I'd be like so, like so excited, and I would demand, I'm like I'm eating this the double dropkick. Like you're gonna, you're gonna hit me with that. <laughs> There's some dudes out there like like veterans or people who've been in it like a long a long time that if i had the if i was a younger wrestler and i like was like a lifetime fan of theirs or grew up watching their stuff like i would absolutely want to take moves like uh dustin Rhodes. yeah if i had a match with dustin Rhodes, if i was like an aew star and i had a match with dustin Rhodes, i'm like you are going to hit me with the power slam like that's just going to happen <laughs> like we're working that in like I would love to take some of these moves just cuz like i would always i would just get like such a big kick wasn't it um who was it? Like, wasn't it Moxley? He, he oh, was like, it was Jake. Yeah. Didn't Jake? Yeah, yeah, Jake gave him a DDT and put the snake on him. And Moxley just like could not hide the smile he had because, yeah. as a fan, he was just living in like a childhood dream, yeah. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. yeah. Interesting that you bring up Jake. There was a show for one of the companies I used to work for that I couldn't make it to. God, I wanted to so bad, but I could not make it work. <clears throat> that Jake was at like Jake didn't have a license to work in the state, but he kind of worked around a little bit with the guys before the show. And I was just like, Oh God. And they, someone sent me video. Like <clears throat> you've heard me mention Arson's name before. Arson took the DDT from Jake. Like they were messing around pre-match took the DDT he stayed on the map for about five seconds, but he was so giddy, he just hopped up with the biggest grin on his face. He's like, "I," and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just so happy to take the DDT from Jake. I couldn't help myself. You remember? And I'm like, 
Yeah, I, I kind of get that. Remember, like, when Hulk Hogan and Edge were tag-teaming and, like, Edge was just, like, giddy, like, every time Hogan was doing his, like, catchphrases and stuff? And and having uh, Edge do his stuff with him? Yeah. And, yeah. Like, you could just see sometimes, like, Edge was just, like... I know it was, like, part of the act, but sometimes you could just see the extra, like, glee in everything this... he was doing. Oh, my God, it's happening! Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm I'm not even a, a real big Hogan fan, but I would probably be doing the same thing. So one thing I did like here, <laughs> I think is a good attention to detail, is I liked how um, Homicide and Eddie Kingston came out to corner for the rock and roll, and then um, the wild cards brought out the Dawsons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a nice wrinkle. I really enjoyed the Dawsons. I know Matt's seen them wrestle a couple times, but they, they're they a very um, competent team, I would say. Like, they talk really well, and they're pretty good in the ring. Like, I've enjoyed them quite a bit. I haven't gotten to see them much No, myself. I know you missed them. I was, I was upset that you missed them, because I thought you would enjoy them. I'll try and catch them in the future. This That's the nice thing about NWA stuff is it's it's way easier to catch up on things. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see here. The women's tag is up next. Yes. Uh, that, so this was Melina. Well, sorry to Go cut ahead. you off. Right before, ahead, the, right before that, we had more of the um, the Ken Anderson, Eli Drake feud. They kind of like oh, that's uh, right. Eli Drake came out for like a to do a, an interview. And then he just got bum rushed by Anderson, and there was some more brawling around. So yeah, I guess that feud will continue for a little bit. It was funny because we were watching this, and I don't remember what Eli Drake was saying, but I was like, they're just talking about sex now, aren't they? And I'm like, I think so. <laughs> well, they they go through, and, and well, Eli, uh, Drake, Eli Drake did this weird promo about how he doesn't know how to pump gas or something. <laughs> like oh, that. yeah. I don't let anybody else pump my gas. It's, I, I was along for the ride. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm with you. Let's see where this is going. Um, I don't know if he ever got to really finish the metaphor, though. So it was... But uh, Anderson did a pretty brutal-looking chair spot um, on Drake, too. So that was... Uh, you know, it wasn't just like the brawl continues. It's like, oh, that's... Uh, that's pretty rough. That's that's a good spot. I like that. Um, then we went to the... It was Melina and... Um, Marty Bell. Bell. Marty Bell. Who wrestles... Right. Someone, someone eloquently put together in words what my problem with Marty Bell is, is that she wrestles like she has two left feet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know anything about her. She seems kind of inexperienced she's been around for a couple years i don't know if... hmm. she's an atlanta like local mm. oh okay okay so then um, allison k comes out obviously her partner was hurt earlier by thunder rosa uh-huh so they kind of do the hem and haul like oh and melina still does the splits to get in the ring which is kind of impressive because that shit's probably gotta hurt when you get older yeah well, I mean, if you if you keep the flexibility up, it won't. But that's it's still impressive to keep the flexibility up that long. I thought that the bits they showed of her, like the promo stuff, like she's she comes across like 
a decent star like in this setting i thought mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I, I totally agree with you on that so then um so then um they they kind of play up the oh is you know Allison K gonna have to wrestle this alone, and out comes her partner ODB. I was not expecting ODB, but I was pleased with the choice. Or as, as Scott Steiner would say in the ring announcing, one dirty bitch. Yeah. <clears throat> the. Uh... You know, I've always kind of had a soft spot for ODB in the, um, she kind of filled, it feels like she kind of fills the niche in the women's division that like someone like Trevor Murdoch fills in the men's division. That roughneck, tough character that you would believe would be able to, to scrap with anybody believably when uh, it's up in the air, but. My favorite uh, thing ROH ever did was making her in story the cousin of the Briscoes. <laughs> yeah, I remember you mentioned that at one point. I don't think it was on air, but uh, <clears throat> it, it it was it was actually uh, that was a a good surprise. I was like, oh, hey, that's ODB, cool. I remember there was one of her matches with Awesome Kong that was just. Absolutely brilliant, like in TNA. Oh, I never did see that. I'm kind of sad now. I like Kong. Uh, I like ODB. I, I wish I had seen it. She she has legit star power. Like I I, I like I said, I have a soft spot for her, but she's just she just is her character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> And, oh, and um, after the match, she's like talking at Gallows. She's like, and Ben's uh, like, I think she likes you, Gallows. And he's like, that's that's a change. <laughs> no, she was offering him booze, and he's like, I think I'm too young because her and <laughs> oh yeah, I, Allison I did catch were drinking that. out of her flask. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I think I'm too young for that. Which is so funny because it it's ODB <laughs> and this tiny, skinny, white bread looking announcer. <clears throat> he's like she seems she seems to like you he's like that's a change most women here don't seem to like me at work i mean you i mean you gotta feel for the poor guy that's a bit intense if you're like fresh out of school well that's fair and you know she's gonna probably take you take you i mean she's i mean she's not a picky lady you're probably gonna have to settle for the alley out back you're going on a ride and getting an education out of that. I think it's what's going to happen. Oh yeah, there's there's going to be some, there's going to be some there's going to be some dark things in your future. There's going to be some learning happening. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to wake up in Tijuana with a mix with a missing kidney, wondering what the hell you did with your life. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be like six months later because that's how much of a bender she took you on. <laughs> Oh man. Um so that was a fun match. Though Stu Bennett should have taken a swig of the flask too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Stu Bennett totally should have. Um, okay, let's see. The after that was uh Okay, this one was fun. This was Aaron Stevens, um Is it Joey Stark? Ricky Starks. Ricky, Ricky Starks. Stark. Okay. 
Ricky Starks and Colt Cabana, Colt Boom Boom Cabana now, uh, for the national title. <coughs> I <clears throat> I really like um, I really like Cabana. I've been enjoying Stevens. Starks did a really this match was just a lot of fun to watch. This was a really good. It, this was a really good match. It was fun. It was just fun. Uh-huh. Um, I think Starks uh, is kind of like an emerging star with the company, which I think is a is a good thing. He's kind of he's entertaining. He's he's kind of flashy, but um, pretty solid in the fl- ring, I think. Too. Yeah, yeah, not too flashy. He's not, it's not just like style over substance. Uh, and they've they've had him cut a couple promos or in, give interviews on the show on Power. And he's uh, been pretty decent, so he can talk too. I think he's he's a guy who I can definitely see being like a player for them, especially <clears throat> with some of these like secondary titles. Mm-hmm. So I like that he was positioned in this match. Like the, that kind of I think elevated him. Um, Cabana was solid. He's <laughs> he's good. Aaron Stevens though was the star of the match. I think <laughs> just the he is when he when I first started when I first saw him. Um, in power, one of the earlier episodes, I was like, "Oh boy, like really, like they, they got a what was his name in WWE? Oh, Damian uh, Sandow. Sandow. Yeah, da- they got Sandow. Like he really, but he has been fantastic as a heel yeah. and highly entertaining, and just he was fantastic in this match, just healing it up, just hiding. At one point, he was hiding behind the Christmas tree." <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, not only hiding behind the Christmas tree, but it, they had uh, a drape over the stand the Christmas tree was on. He's hiding under the drape, like crawled up underneath this piece of cloth, and he'll like he's holding it up in front of him, and then he'll drop it down to see what's going on, and he does like the eyes go left, eyes go right, and then he pulls the cloth back up over his head. <laughs> I'm I'm with you, Matt. When they when they when I saw he was on the taping, I was kind of like, uh, like they're getting into too many TNA TNA rejects territory. Mm-hmm. I think he and Ken Anderson showed up at the same time, but then he came out and did his like first promotion. And the the promotion he told Dave Marquez like no one was allowed to make eye contact with him, and then Dave Marquez just kind of had to look awkwardly into space while holding a microphone to his face, and he won me <laughs> over pretty quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so much fun to watch. Um, and the new, the Steven, new, the new trunks are just hilarious. Oh, they're they're just the worst. They're, thing. they're yeah. awful. <laughs> it's like he's wearing spanks or something, but it's so funny. And you know, Cabana was good in this. Like the the interactions they had was fun. <clears throat> I really. You know, I, I really enjoyed this whole match. Um, it was really, it was really great. Yeah, and I thought the right man went over. Yeah, um, because I think they, there's a lot they can do with Stevens in that mm-hmm. role as the champion, and obviously paired with the question mark. I think that's that could be like a really a fun act to watch on Power. Yeah. Well, and you don't have to like Cabana's gonna be fine. Cabana is is just gonna stay over because Cabana's really, really good at at well, you know, being a uh, 
you know, being a wrestler. So he's going to be just fine. It's not a problem. Uh, let's see here. I'm what was the, the TV tapings from today? And Scott Steiner's making an appearance on one of these shows. Oh, wow. That's must watch TV. Uh, what did Stevens end up taking it home with? I don't remember. I don't have it in my notes. Um, wasn't it that the question mark? Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, I, I think it was was it Cabana or Starks? I forget. I think it was Cabana, yeah, it was right? Cabana. Like he he, so. he gave the double um, Mongovrian spike, and Stevens like ran in and like tossed uh, Starks away and, and covered Cabana for the win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was some nefarious <laughs> uh, cheating going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. there there was, but that was okay. It was it was just so such a fun match to watch. All right, and then that takes us into the main. Um, I like the the video buildups to this was really nice, like having them both talk. Yeah, they had good video buildup for both of them. <coughs> um, you know, there's there's just good build for this match. The things that I ran into uh, happened during the match, so. Um. All right, so we we had the the match going on, and the well part of the uh, gi- part of let's let's kind of describe the gimmick that they did the gimmick a little different for this where there were different refs for each fall, mm-hmm. and I think I gathered from the videos like they each got to pick one re- the referee for one fall they got to pick one for one of the first two falls and then there was like some sort of lottery system for. Coin flip. Yeah, coin flip for the last one. So then the mm-hmm. two referees were, I think Nick Aldis's guy was Tim Storm, and then um, James Storm picked Brian Hebner. Yes. So just to explain that, because yes. that kind of plays <laughs> into this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had, the, we had this match going on, <laughs> and here's something that bothered me about it. Is, you know, we had the, the first fall going, and that's when um, it, I'm having a brain lock. Is it, It's Camilla or Camille? Camille. Camille. Camille comes out. Camille's like this, um doll. Yeah, it's uh, the, yeah. Um, so Camille comes out, and there had been kind of this talk about whatever it was that Camille said to James Storm in the lead up to this. <clears throat> but we're... So she shows up. I'm like, Aldis had made a big deal about giving her the night off. She walks out during this. Aldis is like, what are you doing? Get to the back. Which it was kind of weird because in the build to this, Storm was being portrayed as the heel and Aldis was being portrayed as the face. Yet Aldis is being a heel towards Camille. He's yelling at her, you get to the back. I gave you the night off. You shouldn't be here. Turns around into a super kick and eats the first pin. Well, okay, Storm- cool. Storm wasn't necessarily, unless, unless something changed the last couple episodes, he wasn't necessarily being portrayed as a heel. I, I know Matt will, will have seen this stuff. He was kind of brooding over his, like, future. Mm-hmm. And, like, he could, it was kind of like, is he going to go heel or is he going to, like, pull out of this and redeem himself is kind of what they were building up. The attitude, okay, 
there the the face heel dynamic got kind of weird in the course of this, but yeah. the attitude out of storm seemed very heelish in this. Um, so we got our first fall. And I want to say, t- I thought Tim Storm second. was was a fantastic <laughs> referee in this. Mm-hmm. He did yeah. a great job. I, I absolutely agree. Here's the thing that confused me. The first thing that confused me. We have this whole big thing, right, about um, <clears throat> the, you know, Camille playing into this and that sort of stuff. And she comes out during the first fall. We don't see her again. Right? This is the only the only thing she plays a role in is the first fall. I think you don't want to overkill her though, because that's what but, WWE would do is they would or TNA back in the day, like they would have her like interfering like eight thousand times. But <laughs> why do it for the the first fall? Why not work it into the finish? That seems such a weird place to to end the build on this. Because it, it because it it, it it paces the rest of your match because now Aldis has to work from behind. And so you've, you've shaped the match. Um, you've shaped the match. And I think you also, you also have that. So then, so Aldis loses the first fall with his referee. So now storm has a, what he won. He won his disadvantaged fall and now he gets Brian Hebner. To ref his no, portion you've of got him backwards. Hebner started it. Tim Storm was the second fall. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. So we have this. We have this. Uh, and and whenever we get to the finish, I'll bring up the other thing that. <clears throat> but we have this, and then all this is, in the second fall is coming back, and he's you know he's doing comeback stuff, which, again, that's more of him in the babyface role. Uh, so, you know, we've, we've kind of got this. He, he picks up the second fall. After, <laughs> here was the interesting thing. They did this, <coughs> again, muddying the waters even more. James Storm grabs a chair like he's going to um, just, I mean, blister all this with it sacrifice a fall in order to gain the advantage like we've seen some others do right Mm -hmm. and they talk him out of it and he puts the chair down and um you know uh uh, aldous gets the next fall and it's kind of like hmm okay no good deed goes unpunished uh, yeah, this is not what you usually expect out of this kind of... And then we go into the third fall. So they got to do the coin flip about who the ref's going to be. And it's Hebner. And he goes in to do the, you know, the thing. We've got this whole big thing that goes on, right? And, and I don't... As, as you can probably guess, Hebner takes a, takes a ref bump, right? I don't remember what put him down. Um, what did knock Hebner down? Something did. I can't did remember. He, he, I, I can almost visualize it in my head, but I can't put it into words. What the the Hebner bump? Yeah. He um he ate a clothesline. Oh that's right, that's right, yeah. Yeah, and he I will say this, he sold that like amazing. Like he took like almost like a Kurt Henning type bump. He like he did like a three sixty rotation. That's true. 
he 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 took he that like it. champ. Yeah. Um. So then we had. So that means that Tim Storm comes in to take over because uh, uh, Hebner's down. We go into the finish, and again we've got this muddying the waters going on so much. All this rips the turnbuckle pad off. And Storm knows he does it because he throws the pad out of the ring. And James Storm goes into the corner and all this gets the win off of it. And it's like, I thought all this was in the face roll here. What's going on? Well, Shad, you'll be happy to know that on episode 10, just a couple hours ago, that Nick Aldis turned heel on Tim Storm and joined <laughs> up with the wild cards, it seems. Well, okay. Then that means that there's another question I have. When he's standing there saying that he goes out, the, he gives his post-match promo and he's like, there's no one that can take this title from me. And another surprise happens. How is that going to work? Because there's no way in the world you're going to convince me that this guy is going to be the face to Aldous's heel. Well, I don't see why Marty Skrull couldn't be a face. I think he's coming in as the face, essentially. Yeah. I never really, I didn't really buy Aldous as like a face. He he had some kind of. I won't say face, but just more like a, I guess you could say tweener just because he wasn't strongly face or heel, but he didn't, he never struck me entirely as like a, a face. They were getting him more into face territory. I think like around episodes like four, five and six, mm-hmm. it felt like, especially like when he was trying to pull Tim Storm out of it and like the, I know Matt saw that episode, like where they did the six man that got Colt Cabana, his title shot mm-hmm. that felt very, um, that felt very face face ish on that episode and him trying to get like Eli Drake away from Tim storm. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I, they were doing weird things with him, but I agree. I never felt like he was going to stay face. Like I said, the, the water was kind of muddy on that whole thing. Yeah. I and then I don't really, holy, I don't entirely get the, um, how are you going to have what villain incorporated Marty Skrull as the face? Well, he doesn't have to be villain incorporated. They called him that though, didn't they? They did. So did they call um, him incorporated or just the villain? The villain, probably. Oh, some, yeah, but still, I'm a little confused. I mean, he doesn't have to be a bad guy. I know he had a promo on episode 10. I haven't watched all of it yet. Hang on. We need a Wreck-It Ralph reference here. Just because you are a bad guy does not mean you are bad guy. <laughs> I thought this was a good surprise like for the end of the show, though. Yeah, I agree it was a good surprise. It's just whenever I put all the pieces together, I look at it and I'm a little confused. And it was good timing for them because, like... He literally, like, people thought he literally had just worked his last ROH match. 
and then he's showing up in the NWA the next mm-hmm. night. So I think that was a good get for them. I think the other thing we need to talk about is they brought back the television title with like the classic championship belt from like the mid eighties. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. They announced they were bringing back the TV title and they're going to, they're, they started a <coughs> tournament on this next set of TV tapings. And I think around the end of January, they're going to do another pay-per-view f- that'll crown that champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's January 24th and it's called hard times, yeah, which, um, right. I was watching. I, I saw the news posted in a, in like a group that I'm in, and someone brought up a point like, why didn't like how how is it that Cody didn't like trademark that name for a pay per view? Which is, I guess, in a way, a lost opportunity for him. But yeah, it is rather clever as a as a pay per view title. I'm some people have questioned why they're doing um another pay per view so soon because I mean even AEW isn't kind of only doing they're only doing like pay per views every. I think three months. I think but. if you're the NWA, though, you kind of have to because once you start getting into February, you're you have to get one in before then, or you're or you're going to be in like hard company until like May. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also think that they need to kind of make a strike where the iron is hot. They they have a little bit of momentum now. I think. I would say so. Yeah, I I like the Aldis Storm match. Uh, I think again one of the things that that I've noticed NWA power has really done well is again, they're really good with cohesive storylines. And I felt like this advanced several storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of, it, it obviously addressed the, the James storm, Aldous rivalry and the way that that was a screwy finish. It kind of sets itself up for further matches with them down the road. It also kind of advanced the Camille storyline, um, the Tim storm storyline. Uh, and then of course, like at the end you had, you threw Marty Skrull into the into the mix too, so I, I thought it was I, I liked it. I mean, I what can you say about a match that was good and actually furthered what they're trying to do as far as like the narrative storytelling? It, it had a good danger to it. Like you could feel the desperation of them both wanting the belt, mm-hmm. which I think, yeah. especially in WWE, that feels really lacking in their title matches. Yeah, it's feels very sterile in a lot of WWE matches. Like, there are a few guys who can do it, but there's a lot of it. It just feels... I don't know. There, There's not passion in it. Don't get me wrong. I had questions, <coughs> but this match was very well done. Um, don't, don't mishear me. Uh, it was very well done, and they did a great job. I think for me, I could see this promotion being something like 10 years from now that I go back and watch from like the start and just watch it all sequentially. They're just, I think they're really good at their storytelling is not complicated. It moves forward and it makes sense. See, I I don't know about it isn't complicated, but I like how they the way they tell their stories is I like how. I like how their storylines can intersect briefly. Like, oh, hey, this is going on. Hey, Colt Cabana, like, we have this worked out so you can come in for, like, a second and do some things and then go back to what you're doing. Or, hey, mm-hmm. let's bring Ricky Stark in for, like, a second. Yeah. You've got a good you've got a good way of adding people in, even if they don't stay there very long. Yeah. I agree with you, absolutely. So let's, let's, get, in, let's get into some brass tacks with this. 
So I'm going to ask you two questions. Thumbs up, thumbs mm. down, and was it worth $20 to you? So let's start with Matt. Uh, I would give it a thumbs up. Uh, it's not the best pay-per-view I have seen this year, but I thought uh, pound for pound it was a good pay-per-view. Um, I would recommend it. I I like the price point. I bought it. Um, I had that. I think you did it too, Brad. There was a special that if you ordered it by like a week ahead of time. Yeah. You got five dollars off, so it was twenty bucks. It otherwise would have been twenty-five. Um, I think the twenty-dollar price point—it was—it was perfectly fine for that. That's a five-dollar difference is probably like a quibble. If it was like if every one of their pay-per-views was like twenty-five bucks, uh, and it was this quality or better, like I would maybe still pay it because I think I actually find it good, and I find I find NWA actually really fascinating. I would. If we're doing like a, an overall summary, uh, overall with what I've seen of NWA and this pay-per-view, it's really like unfair to even say this <laughs> because it's a limited number of shows. But I would automatically at this point rank them higher than the WWE oh, in terms easily. of entertainment value and just oh. what they're doing with both their workers and their promotion. If if you tell the if if you if you ask me to tell the tape for me personally, the NWA and AEW, like I feel like I feel like if I really broke it down, like NWA would hold its hold their own really well with AEW for me. Like they're mm-hmm. as far as like my favorite promotions, like they are punching it out neck and neck because they're there are some things that AEW does better, but the NWA really excels at storytelling. Like, if, mm-hmm. I think for me, if the NWA could just get the ring work up a little bit, yeah, like that's I think that's where they I think that's their weak point is their ring work. If they could just tweak that up a little bit, maybe get a couple more guys in there. I think they could. Act, I think they could legitimately next year end up as my favorite promotion and dethrone. AEW. I still have a lot of like, I mean, I I love AEW, so I I think I think there while there are things that they should do to improve, I think overall it's been great, and I I feel like they'll still be probably my top for North American promotions, but I think NWA is really strong, and they're they're leaps and bounds more entertaining right now than the WWE. Yeah. E- and I would I would throw the caveat out there. I yes, I'm actually including NXT too. Like I, the ring work. And NXT is, by and large, better. But I think just overall, like in, in terms of storytelling and what they're doing with the actual workers and oh NXT's and, I NXT probably has the best ring work in North America to me, but their yeah. storytelling is just god awful. Yeah, the, the <laughs> ring work doesn't matter if it's not compelling. And yeah, I have not come across much NXT stuff that compels me terribly. For a yeah. while, I, I, since New York, I've struggled with their booking because they just have not made anything seem interesting. Yeah, who um do we know who's booking or writing NWA Power? Uh, Dave Lagana NWA. and Billy Corgan, I think. Is Billy Corgan really that involved? I would imagine. I know Lagana's been around a while, but if if it's not mostly Lagana <laughs> and Corgan is actually has like a, a a big part in what they've been doing then i mean hats off to him i mean to the guy the guy's like a life like a lifetime wrestling fan so maybe 
this is just how he's wanted to book things forever. But I mean, uh, I mean the, the had, booking is strong. I mean, when he was when he took over TNA, it started getting better. Yeah, and, he, and you know he was using a lot of these guys the same way. So I think I think it's I think he has a lot of input into it. Yeah, uh, there's a guy who uh, is part of this uh, kind of like wrestling observer group that I'm part of. Who he reviewed the show, uh, and I think he he's been watching. He's been kind of like a a big NWA fan, NWA Power fan, and he has a theory that kind of secretly behind the scenes there is some sort of AEW NWA connection. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but obviously there's there's kind of probably like a friendly uh, relationship between the two. I would guess because we've seen we've seen rock and roll on AEW I recently. Think, um... I, I would say they have a good relationship because mm. NWA would not want to upset them because a, a large part of their audience is the AEW crowd. Like I think yeah. they said like something like 30% of their, their audience is like direct crossover from dark. Yeah. I, this is kind of like pie in the sky almost, but, and obviously AEW is still trying to build their brand and trying to get specific guys and workers over. But it, I would love it maybe sometime in 2020 down the road to see kind of like cross promotion. I would love to see Tim Storm in AEW. I think he he's a really he's really fascinating to me. So I, I would love to actually see them work a storyline with him. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if people would buy Tim Storm challenging for the AEW title, but I think that there's they, if they played it right, he he's a really fascinating person. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so shed i would just love to see like a i mean down the road you could do, they did you know cody and and aldis for the title for yeah. the nwa title it previously back in all in but i I think aldis and some of those other people like if they ever brought them into aew kind of i don't know i don't know about doing like an invasion angle it's kind of like played out but yeah no no one <clears throat> gives a crap about if if, that if you kind of would have those type of like you could bring the guys in because I mean, back in even like back in the day with WCW, it's it's this wouldn't quite be comparable. But I remember back in like WCW, they didn't do like in, before NWO, obviously. They would have people like from New Japan come in, and yeah. it wouldn't be like an invasion, but it'd just be like, this is uh, these are other you know wrestling stars who are coming here to kind of prove that they're dominant, and it wasn't like really invasion. But I, if they could do something like that, that'd be pretty awesome. If like all this showed up, and it's like I. I'm the true. They could they could totally do a 1992 flair. Yeah. Uh, I'm the true world's champion. They could do something like that. They could have. What if you just had ones. a like a limited, like one one night pay per view like uh, worlds collide kind of thing? And yeah. it's just Like these guys versus these guys. This is NWA. This is AEW. They're gonna have some matches. Let's see yeah. what happens. They could totally do like a short term, kind of uh, like inter promotion angle. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't even have to be much of a feud. It could just be like, "Hey, we're gonna do this because we think it'd be good for both of us." Yeah, if you had a limited number of people, you could just you could have, say, for like recognizable people, you could have like Aldis, you could have Anderson, Eli Drake, James Storm, and just have those four guys, and they could be feuding with. Oh, you could do Colt too because he's yeah he's recognizable from his his podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Shad, let's see. Did you? Would you give it thumbs up, thumbs down? Would you say it's worth the twenty dollars or twenty five dollars? I would. I would give it a thumbs up. I am. 
I would say it would be worth it because I remember a time when there were shows that were so much worse that cost so much more. What I'm looking at when it comes to um, when it comes to comparing AEW to NWA is I think the comparison I'm going to go with is <coughs> and pick whichever one you want. This is just for the comparison. One of them is Nacho Cheese Doritos and the other is Cool Ranch Doritos. And they're both good. It's just a question of what are you in the mood for? And the reason I'm like, I, I get annoyed by people who are like Star Trek and Star Wars are which one's better. And it's like they're not the same thing. Right. Star Trek is a sci-fi series. Star Wars is space opera. They're different. You don't you know, they're not the same thing. <clears throat> the NWA. Is targeting a certain niche. AEW is targeting a different niche. They're both fun. I like them both. I like nacho Doritos. I like cool ranch Doritos. WWE is that off brand that's further down on the shelf. So you'll eat it if it's around, but you really don't like it. And it's not as good are as the you, other one. Are you calling the WWE a Hydrox? <laughs> no, Hydrox predated Oreos. Yeah, but they became the... Well, that would actually be more accurate. <laughs> Either of you guys go to Trader Joe's? Yeah. I have an Aldi. There's are they Trader a, Joe's about a half, a, half hour. Okay, would you say that the WWE is like a, a JoJo? <laughs> Which is their knockoff version of an Oreo? I've never. Had <laughs> I don't. I haven't had that. I. I, I in my experience, I like most Aldi. of the Trader Joe brand stuff sucks. <sighs> that I completely disagree. Yeah. There are certain things at Trader Joe's which like are staples. Like I love them. They they have um. This is a rabbit hole we could really go down, but they have um they have these dark chocolate, sea salt, uh, mm. covered almonds. That are basically like crack. Like I, I could eat an entire tub of them in one I setting. I'll have to try those. The offer, okay. Quick offense reference. I like how people who've never had crack compare things to crack. Well, then what I, is that's it like, true. Brian? I, I have never, I have never partaken in crack <laughs> of any sort. So, I uh, uh, another thing that I was sad like they discontinued this. They had a like feta cheese spread that was amazing and then i would put it on like everything <laughs> it was fantastic but they discontinued it like a year or two ago uh, and that was that was a dark day that was, I I, that was is, there's say, nothing worse than like finding out something you love is um is gone and trying to hoard the last like three boxes in the store mm-hmm. yeah i was uh i was gonna say i have an aldi here i love going to aldi I'm usually very, very happy with the store brand stuff. One of the few store brand things from Ollie that I've gotten that I've been horrifically disappointed in was their Dorito knockoff. It's terrible. You know, I I've never I've only once been to an Aldi with um actually with Christy Petrillo <laughs> of all people. Uh, but they are they've opened one near uh this house that my, my wife and I are like renovating a house and we will yeah. eventually hopefully move there once the damn thing's finished. But yeah. they they've opened an Aldi like probably a mile away. So I'm, I'm definitely going to be uh, partaking in a lot of Aldi savings. They're, you should, they're, you should. Uh, their dried pears are quite delicious. <laughs> they're, they've got a lot of really good stuff. There, also the, um, that it's not, I'm not, I'm not saying you're going to, you're in for a culinary delight, but they're, 
It's like five dollars. Their giant like oven pizza, like that you can get oh, there, yeah. is pretty decent for what it is. Their yeah, their pizza is is. I'm of the their pizza is good, and you spend so much less on it than you do anywhere. Else. Yeah, just add your just buy some shredded mozzarella <coughs> and add a little bit because it's a little light on the cheese sometimes. Actually, the savings there because um, we've been experimenting with that isn't as great as you'd think because Walmart has slowly dropped a lot of their prices down to match Aldi. So here's the thing: my Aldi anyway. I go in there. There's not a lot of people. Even if there is a lot of people, they get moved out quickly. Going to Aldi for me is like going to the city of Oz. I just kind of skip down the aisles because it's not a headache. Things cost less. I can get stuff there. It's not a big deal. Yeah, but you know what? And if I need to supplement it, I go to Meyer. I don't go to Walmart. You know what I do? You know what I do though, Shad, with Walmart is you see, I go onto their website and I do my order and I drive (laughs) up to this super secret special parking spot. And I call a super secret number, and they bring my groceries out to me, and then I drive away without <laughs> ever getting out of my car. On. I've got my headset on, and I'm listening to to fun music and that sort of stuff. I'm I am enjoying using the Aldi instead of the Walmart very much. I just so. don't like shopping, so any any place that can I can just order online and they bring it out to me. I'm all about. <clears throat> anyway. That gets that that's we're we're way far abreast of the original metaphor. What was the original <laughs> metaphor? Oh yeah, the WWE's Hydrox. That's right. Well, they're 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 Aldi brand Doritos compared to Cool Ranch and Nacho Cheese. Or it's like when you get the yeah. the off-brand peanut butter cups, and they just don't have the right ratio of peanut butter to chocolate, like a Reese's cup does. Mm. Now, I will say the Reese Cup in its most superior form is the Reese Cup Easter egg. You don't like the wreaths or the trees? No, because there's something about the Easter egg that just has the perfect ratio of peanut butter <laughs> to chocolate that nothing else ever gets right. I would actually agree. I'm, I'm Honestly, I've never dug that much into it with that much thought. I just enjoy Reese's peanut butter products. And, the, and it's surprisingly good is the... The Reese cup with the Reese's pieces in it. Yeah, that's true. It, it was. I haven't had those. They're they're <laughs> far better than you would think that they they could possibly be. Hmm. So I stay uh, away from them because I would get fat again. I do. So we them. are and Butterfingers. <laughs> I would I I would knife someone for a Butterfinger. But... <laughs> So that's that's my opinion. It's it's good. It's it's straightforward. It's it's straightforward storytelling. It's good. I don't need the ring work to be. I need to be. I don't need crazy better. work rate. I don't need crazy work rate stuff. I'm perfectly happy with it the way it is, because the way I see it is, if I've got a lot of guys who they have very different styles, and maybe they're not work rate fiends, but they have very different styles. I have more variety to enjoy. I think for me where I need the ring work to be a little better is when you're watching like the weekly TV. You just need it to be a tad bit more memorable. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I understand what you're getting at. As a whole, like the promotion needs like, (coughs) it just needs to be a little bit better. That's all. Okay. I, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. 
All right. Well, uh, it's, I, well I would, I would, I, I didn't give mine. I was going last. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Please go we ahead. got, we got way into left field about <laughs> WWE being off brand, all the brand. Yeah. Um, I would give this a thumbs up. I would say, I would say as far as the $20 goes, um, it's borderline. I will probably get the next show, mm-hmm. especially for the TV title stuff. So they did enough that I was I, I enjoyed the show a lot. I thought it was highly entertaining. It flew by. <laughs> there was good variety to it, um, and it was probably good enough that I it, I was ex- I'm excited to watch like more NWA and catch up. Like I said, this is probably something like ten years from now I could see myself going back and like watching through all over again. There's a certain timeless quality to it. Yeah, and I will probably uh, I, order the next pay per view. I want to know. Um, I want to know what the the total card is before I commit. But I I'm kind of leaning towards getting it. Uh, I one thing they what, based upon the tapings, it looks like they are going to do not just the finals of the TV tournament, but they are going to go with Allison K versus Thunder Rosa for the women's title. Yeah, that's probably so. That right there. Yeah, I'm interested in that thus far. Um, beyond that, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm interested, and that's something actually that I mentioned before. The 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 guy from the kind of observer group that I'm now part of, who did the review of of Power, uh, I was kind of briefly chatting with him, and he he brought up something which I think you you kind of just hit on. I'm interested in seeing where they're going to go from here, and that's what his take was. His take was like, I'm actually really fascinated to see like where they're going to go with these storylines and what they're going to do with some of these workers and how often can you say that with a lot of like what i hate to keep beating up on them but like with what the wwe is doing most of the time it's like i i i actively like don't care or i i to the extent that they're doing storylines like lana rusev lashley i i my take is like please just end the storyline please i don't want to see this anymore yeah there's only a handful of guys there that i care about yeah Whereas, whereas now, like with the with power, like in just about all of these matches from this pay per view, I'm kind of want to I kind of want to say like, what are they going to go? Where are they going to go with this next? Like, what are they going to do with the question mark and Aaron Stevens? Like, I think that could be really fun. (laughs) Even even like looking at like the TV taping results and like what they did Mm -hmm. in the first round of the TV title tournament, I'm just like, oh my gosh! Like, there's interesting stuff that they can do with that. Like who mm-hmm, won yeah. and like what? How are those guys going to get matched up going forward? Like, what's the bracket going to look like? It's just, it's like, it's like a blank slate. There's lots mm-hmm. of opportunity of things to do, and I don't know if their roster is is quite big enough to support a third title. But on the other hand, I, I have confidence that they. It's right, we'll be able to do it well. It's theoretically a fourth title if you well. <clears throat> it's theoretically uh, a fifth title okay. if you include the the women's belt and the tag belts. Okay, that's fair. But what I was gonna, I, I guess, in the same quote unquote kind of division. So, yeah, like, fair. you have a a a belt for all the women. You have a tag belt. That's great. This will be three men's singles belts do they have a big enough roster for that no probably not but i would imagine that they're going into this with the intent of probably expanding a little bit so yeah and if you i kind of 
while we were doing the podcast, I kind of peeked at what the the spoilers for the the new tapings, mm-hmm. and it does seem like they're bringing in. I don't know if it's going to be one offs or not, but they are bringing in some new workers, some different workers. Yeah, so. I saw like Luke Hawks on there, who used to be Alter Boy <laughs> Luke. I saw Scott Steiner. I saw. I don't know his name was like Zig, Ziggy something or other. I don't remember what his name was. Yeah, I saw I saw what like five ish new names. Mm-hmm. I think. So that means that yeah, they're gonna they're gonna expand it out. Zicky Dice and then, was that was the name I was trying to say. Yeah, and I don't think that they're gonna mess it up by. I think that they'll do a good job with it. So, all right, guys, anything else you wanted to say about NWA into the fire? <laughs> well, we made it out of the fire. That's true. <coughs> that's that's very true, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I'm 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 sorry. I'm going to end up doing a bad impression of Stu Bennett for a while. All right, so we want to say thank you all for joining us. This has been the review of NWA Into the Fire. And uh, we would love to hear from you. Do you think we're accurate? Do you think we're off base? What did you think of it? Remember our giveaway? Please comment on any of our social media. We'll be sending those out uh, at the first of the year. This is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth. And we'll see you next time.